when you have six turnovers in a game and the quarterbacks throw five interceptions, you might have reason to panic. You might have reasons to be worried. But on today's show, I'm going to explain why I don't think Saturday's spring game meant much of anything. We'll get into that on today's episode. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Happy summer, folks. The spring game's over. That means spring football is done for BC. And on Saturday, the Eagles held their annual Jay McGillis spring game, a game uh, that pitted the offense against the defense. Now, this game had one of those funky scoring systems where I I have it right in front of me. The, the offense would get points for first downs, field goals, touchdowns, and extra points. Defenses would get points for three-point stop, three third down stops, excuse me, fourth down stops, turnovers, touchdowns, quarterback sacks, tackles for loss, missed field goals, and missed extra points. Well, the ending of this game was that the defense won 69-42. to 42. This was uh, – the first half of the game was a scrimmage. I, I mean, it was a thud scrimmage where a lot of times it was like almost like two-hand touch at times but it was a scrimmage. And if you were going to go into this game and you were going to put a lot of value into what you saw, you'd probably get worried about what happened because Emmett Moorhead threw two interceptions, both to Amari Jackson. He got sacked, I think what, four or five times. He, you know, he wasn't all, he wasn't all that sharp, but uh, you know, when you when you look at the film, when you look at what you see, and what you were t- what what the what, what the actual plays of um, that were called, you realize that this game was a big nothing burger. That's all it was. I mean, this game halfway after the game said they called two coverages. That's all they had. They had no. Um, they had no, you know, special plays that they were calling for on defense with like exotic blitzes or anything like that. They didn't want to put any of that on film. On offense, uh, Mitchell talk about it with on our show tomorrow, but they called four verts. It's basically what you see in an air raid. Uh, Ten times out of forty pass packs, they had, I think it was five pass plays that they called and two running plays, and both running plays came out of the exact same formation. So. The defense knew what they were looking for. The offense really couldn't do all that much because they weren't allowed to do all that much. Plus, on top of all of that, so you have this super vanilla playbook. On top of all that, you had a ton of guys out of this game. You had your top two wide receivers. Um, Ryan O'Keefe, the transfer from UCF, he didn't play. Halfley said after the game he did play. I missed him out there. I saw him on the sideline without a helmet for, like, it felt like 95% of the game. He didn't play. Joseph Griffin was not in uniform. He's recovering, I think, from a surgery. You had Christian Mahogany not playing. You had Kevin Klein not playing. I I, I mean, I was in the – I I sat in the stands with my kid because my son wanted to go. Uh, he's four and he had a blast. Uh, if you, if you have kids, this is a really fun event, but 
it was like a walking wounded parade or, or just guys not playing. And I don't, I don't know who's hurt and who's not. There were definitely guys in crutches. There were guys that were just in uniform guys. I saw that weren't playing as well. Owen Stoudmire defensive tackle, Nigel Tate defensive tackle. Um, uh, what was his name? Ty Clemens defensive lineman. I didn't see Jalen cheek out there. So, I mean, I could go on and on. There were a ton of players that just didn't play in this game. So again, limited you have a limited roster you have a limited playbook this is just this game itself is is just for recruiting purposes and for the players and you could hear it in the audience to play for their family like so many of these kids had family there and they were hooting and hollering. and i heard i could hear like you could because it's bc you could hear like cj cling scales who's a uh, redshirt freshman defensive back he makes an interception one section of the audience goes crazy for him because it's his family there. And then you see Carter Davis make a play. His family goes crazy. It just goes on and on like that. But I, I, I say this because I go online and folks, I, you have, you're all entitled to your opinion. And Hey, you know, I, I my opinion is not as, as valid as anyone else's, but I see people, you know, I'm worried about Emmett Moorhead based off of what I saw, man, Matt Weave should be the starter or Jacoby Robinson definitely showcased what he could be. I ask, and I, and I saw someone say that I said this three times last week, temper, whatever you saw positive or negatively, because you know, these scrimmages are in the players said it after the game skewed towards the defense. The defense has an advantage here because when they are making plays every time a running back runs the ball, the minute they get touched, the play is dead. <clears throat> There's no broken tackles. There were plays that the offense were sweeping to the outside on some plays. And the minute a guy just touched him, the play was over. You in a real game that could have gone for an extra 20, 30 yards. You don't know that, but that's, that's the way they're doing it. They're being cautious. And I'm going to get into the second segment on whether this is a good idea or not. But what were some of the takeaways? I mean, my only takeaway from this entire game, the only thing I took away was I thought that the secondary was very active. That's my takeaway. I thought that um, Alex Washington, who's brand new, I, I, I thought he looked good. I liked the play of um, of Amari Jackson. I think he's going to be a stud our defensive back. I know a lot of folks have been kind of harsh on Halfley because they ha- he, they say he hasn't been able to recruit defensive backs. I think Jackson's going to be a an outlier. I mean, they're going to be a real special kid. Um, I thought they did really well. And I guess the other one is I, even with guys out, I liked what the defensive line did. And I don't think it was. I don't think it had to do with um, the poor play of the offensive line, but guys were all out all over the place. Logan Taylor was playing guard. I mean, kids six, seven, and he's playing guard. Everything was just kind of screwy. Right. But Nito Ekpala looks like a big dude now. Like he, like, I think that's another take, like another thing that you can kind of look at is that a lot of these guys are bigger. Donovan Azaraku put on weight muscle. Nito Ekpala put on weight muscle. They're all bigger and they're getting, upper class bodies, which sounds creepy to talk about, but that's like literally what happened. I was impressed with that. George Rooks had two sacks. Um, and I'm not sure what he's going to do for this roster, but 
hey, that's that's kind of what 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 you took away. Now, am I worried about all the turnovers? No, because how many of those plays came on Emmett Moorhead just lobbing up, uh, you know, jump balls to Taji Johnson or Tino Tomlin in the end zone? They weren't really like well-designed plays. It was just like vanilla crap. And you didn't even have Joseph Griffin, the best guy that can do that kind of stuff. So, I, I mean, I don't I don't really read into that. Um, and the same thing with the positives, like – Jacoby Robinson. I saw some folks that are really high on him. I, I'm not there yet. The kid is supposed to be a high school senior right now, and he look like a high school senior. It's gonna take some time. On tomorrow's show with Mitch, I'm gonna tell you talk a little bit about some of the things BC needs, but I'll give you a preview right now. They need a backup quarterback. I don't know who they're gonna get or what they're gonna need, but they need somebody behind Moorhead just in case. Um, because I don't see it on the roster yet. And that's just my 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 vision. And maybe it was because of the playbook. I don't know. Now, in our second segment, I am going to get into my thoughts on Halfley, again, going with this um, no tackle rule. And, 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 and get into what you guys have asked. Is this really detrimental to the Eagles? I'll get into that in just a moment. But let's chat about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get it on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. What bets would you make for next weekend? Maybe Aaron Judge hitting a home run any day. I love those prop bets. You could, you could go with... Um, you know, um, Justin T- Turner for, for the Red Sox. Will he hit a home run? You'll probably get a little better odds on that. But you, you, your imagination is what you will find on FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black here, and we are chatting about the spring game. And I, I want to get into um, the the talk that goes along with one of the rules of this game, which some folks are like, why are they not tackling? What's going on with that? And Halfley has his thoughts, and I get it to an extent. He doesn't want guys to get hurt, right? When you see, uh, when you see, when you see a laundry list of guys out, some of them on crutches, other guys out, you don't need to risk stupid injuries for a spring uh, game that no one is going to see like anything realistic in, right? I mean, what what's the purpose of getting like Pat Garo hurt um, when you're running two offensive running plays the entire game? That I get, and I think that the the part that folks need to un, that need to hear, and he's mentioned it a bunch, but I want to make sure that it gets out there because it, it's important. Is that they've had realistic end of spring scrimmages with more realistic gameplay behind closed doors, and um, I think those are the the times where things look more realistic than what we just saw. Uh, what you saw on Saturday. 
And that I think is why it's frustrating because you want to see like the full thing, but they're kind of keeping it just like, like I've said all along, right? Practices are always behind closed doors. The media gets no access to any of that. Right. So when I, when I say that, like as a media member that I only get to watch them stretch and do like a few drills, that's about it. I'm not, I'm not lying. That's kind of just the way that this, program has set it up and it's not a Jeff Halfley thing Adazio did it guys before him did it this is not a new thing for this program they're just you know I think that the mind frame behind Boston College football is that they want to make sure that every little edge that they can have is 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 given to them they don't want to make they don't want to give any slight advantage because BC is so far behind in so many other areas like recruiting and talent and all that other stuff. Right. We all know that. So, you know, putting stuff on film is the last thing I think this, this roster and this program needs to do uh, to, to really get themselves behind the eight ball. So when I hear that, you know, like when, when you're watching this, it, it, I get it. It's not a fun product to watch. I, I, I am a diehard college football fan i love watching bc football and i can watch it over and over again even the worst games i mean we got mitch on here tomorrow he is even more ill about this stuff than i am and i sit and i watch the spring game and i go what the hell am i watching because it's it's not like football it's 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 kind of just there it's like hey watch this guy try to throw a pass or you know, to watch this guy, you know, do the same play over and over and over again. You don't get anything out of it and everything, anything you get out of it, you really need to temper. So I'm totally fine with the weird hitting rule. I know that there's other programs that go full blast. That's fine. I also understand where Halfley's coming from because behind closed doors, they are going full blast. They are hitting guys. That's why some of those guys are on the bench right now is because they got blasted. So it it, it happens just as a fan. You can't see it, which I get it. I get why you're frustrated that you don't get to see that full product. Um, there was one guy that seemed to be getting full hits, and that was Bryce Steele, who also looked a lot. I mean, a lot of these guys, I don't know what Matus did. Uh, Phil Matus, the strength and conditioning coach did uh, this off season, man, some of those dudes look big. Um, so uh, Bryce Steele, he, he laid a few hits. I, I know Grant, I mean, uh, Mitch said some things about that on um, his, his recap, but in our final segment, I'm going to get into where do they go from here? What happens? What does BC need to do? Um, and what are, what are, what are some things that maybe we can, look at and say, okay, this is where this program is at. We'll get into that in just a moment. Locked on BC, AJ Black here. Thank you everyone who has subscribed to our podcast on YouTube. We are 40 subscribers away from 1,000. 1,000 subscribers for a Boston College podcast. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, all of you out there right now. And I'm not looking at the chat because sometimes it gets me off off, ta- off on a tangent. I don't want to get there. But thank you. If you've made this your first day, if you're a um, day, day, what are they? We have a new saying. They're calling them um, everydayers. 
If you're a everydayer of Locked On BC, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. I know being a BC fan isn't the best, easiest thing, and I'm trying to give you a realistic um, overview of what we've we can expect and what you can see, and hopefully you've enjoyed that. Now, when I watch this game, um, you know, it, it's it left me feeling like I mean, it didn't make me feel anything, right? As I've said all along, there's there's nothing really to take away from this. You 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 had vanilla playbooks. You had guys that weren't playing, so you can't really gauge. Say, like, ask yourself: Did the offensive line get better? Well, they let up a whole bunch of sacks, but guys were playing out of place. There were major guys still out. Not sure what what's going on there. Halfley says they're deep. That's good, I guess. The defensive line looked good. But again, they went against the offensive line that was missing pieces. So how can you judge that? I don't know. The secondary played well, but they were only guarding against what, like five different plays? Kind of like makes that life a little easier for them to go do that kind of stuff. I mean, one thing you could talk about, the kickers. You can't really just make up kicking stuff. And right there, folks, I think it's going to be a big position battle. And... Uh, that's one we're going to watch for Connor Litton, who went 80% as freshman dropped to 52% last year. Liam Connor could be barking up his heels this spring and the summer. And don't count out Sam stone, a true freshman who could also be looking to get that starter spot. That's a positional battle. And I think that's something else that brings up another point that Jeff Halfley brought up after this game that I think is going to be what we'll be watching for. As he said, last year, he knew who his starters were, but he had no depth behind them, and he knew that, he, especially the offensive line. He knew that he he knew that he could have certain guys out there, but after that, he didn't. This year, all over the place, he's going to have positional battles to get guys that are the best in at those positions. That's good. Competition is the best thing in sports. If you've got a solid wide receiver who just knows he's going to be wide receiver one from day one with no one behind him barking at his heels. That guy might just take things a little easier, right? He may just sit, stay out there and go, you know, put 80% in at practice or not do the things that he needs to do. If you've got got uh, too deep of players that could go out there and play every single day, that is the sign of a program that's developing. Hopefully that's what you're hoping for. And I think that's what the staff is, is seeing and, and expecting this fall. But again, I, I'm just telling you what I've heard. I need to see it. I'm going to have to say, I'm going to need to see this first, but that's what they're expecting. They're saying that there's depth there. And the final point is there's going to be positions and we'll get into this with great, uh, with Mitch on tomorrow's show where they're going to have to continue going for the transfer portal. Mon- now, the transfer portal opened on the 15th, and I don't know if it's a business hours thing, but the portal news has been really quiet all over the, the nation. I've seen a couple names here pop up, but it wasn't like the after the regular season uh, rush of kids entering the portal. So I saw one of our rivals on three say, you know, that there's going to be a huge number that enter on Monday. I don't know how many BC guys are going to enter the portal. I wouldn't be surprised if a few do, because it's just natural how things are going to go. 
But I do expect BC to be active in the portal. They're going to continue to try to build depth. They're not going to go into next year with the risk of losing a starter and then having a true freshman who's not ready to be there playing right away. They're going to need guys. I mean, this is a big year for Jeff Halfley. This is a big year for year four. He needs to, he needs to produce no excuses this year, right? He needs to go out there and he's got to do it. And so getting depth through the transfer portal is going to be something they're going to need to do. And on tomorrow's show, Mitch and I will go over some of those positions. I think they're going to look for, um, and we'll get into that. Um, I, before I leave uh, one other fun, the funniest story I think that ended out from the spring game was Dino Tomlin's touchdown. He did a little dance and um, he had a name for it, like Pittsburgh or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm an old, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm not familiar, but his dad, Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers were there and he had a really funny tweet about it. And he said, as a father, I love this. And it was a picture of, you know, the video of him dancing. And as a coach, I hate it. Um, I thought that was just funny, but it was a great moment for Dino because Dino, you know, during the regular season doesn't get to play for his dad because his dad's coaching all the time. So he got a chance to go there again. One of those reasons why the spring game is kind of important um, gives chances like guys like that to come and see his kid play. So that's good. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to do just a quick sports thing and then get into comments. Uh, baseball. They lost two out of three to uh, Duke this weekend. Just again, um, if it, it, the baseball starting to struggle here, folks, five losses out of the last six to ACC opponents, they got to figure out something quick that their pitching has been a little bit iffy of late, um, but they're going to need to start pulling off some wins if they want to host. That being said, I have to say, after I got out of that press conference on Saturday, um, I made it down to Harrington Village. That place was buzzing and they broke all sorts of records. They had 2,600 people at the baseball game, an all time record. The place was sold out and they got to see a win, which was great. Then the so- I, I stayed for softball. I, it was what my son wanted to watch. That place was packed too. There were, it was such a great atmosphere. It was great weather, first of all, but Harrington Village was bumping and it was such a great thing for the future of the sport. I remember when I was, when I was there watching baseball at Shea stadium and having to stand on uh, the ramp of the beacon street garage to watch the game. This game, you get to sit in nice seats, you have food, you have, uh, you know, everything going on. Baldwin's there. It, it was a completely different atmosphere and it was great. Uh, so, you know, that I have to say, was a lot of fun. So, uh, hopefully baseball can kind of figure things out, but we'll get into that later. All right. <clears throat> Going into the comments section, we have Nino Brown uh, saying Amari Jackson was a dude saying also she does Salah having a tackle for a sack and strip sack. Um, and then he says offense, offense was vanilla bean ice cream. Yep. Uh, so, and then Marty, Marty parties also, is in our comment section saying defense look good, but we must pray that Moorhead stays healthy. Broom looks bigger. Um, yeah, I, I have to say Broom does look bigger, like physically. It, it always floors me how small he is, though. When he's standing next to Moorhead, he looks so he can't Barfield too. They both look really small, but you know, Moorhead's a big dude. So uh that was my thoughts on that. And um Marty also says Murks was playing defensive end position. I think that's a 
good fit as a bigger DN. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to have some oversized def- defensive ends. They're not going to, you know, a good blend too. Cause Azaraku uh, is getting up there on weight a little bit, but he's not as big as Rooks, but you have Salah who's big. You have uh, Rooks who's big. And then you mix them in with some of the, the faster guys like Azaraku and Akpala. And it gives you a good blend of the fast and the physical. So uh, this is AJ Black. I'm going to head out. Thank you all so much. Uh, for anyone out there running the Boston Marathon tomorrow, go. good luck. I hope you guys do a great job out there. Um, work your butt off. I know it's hard, but um, you're all doing it probably for great causes. So go out there and and uh, hope, it, hope it goes as well as you're hoping it for. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Mitch to talk about the transfer portal, what positions BC may be looking at, any breaking news and everything else in between, we will have it here on Locked on BC. Thank you for everyone who make us your first listen every day. We love y'all. We'll be back again soon. Take care, everyone.